مفيش ميك اب حد على كل الانتروداكشن اللي ابونا عملها دي honest to god وين فين توني فين توني اللي بعت لي اللي كلمني عشان التوبيك النهارده so when tony um, uh, uh, called me to tell me about the, the tonight's topic um, I, di I didn't talk about this before I know that I am a very emotional person and that all my decisions are based on emotions, but I thought that if the edge group <clears throat> decided to talk about the impact of emotions on decisions, then this must be very bad. I'm telling you, not, not the topic. I mean, the facts that we base emotion, decisions on emotions. So I started thinking in this direction. I didn't know, honest. I, I'm being very honest with you. And I thought, what about people who made decisions based on emotions? And the worst one ever, in my opinion, there are many, but the one that I cannot forgive, I mean, <laughs> it's very hard to reconcile with. I don't know if you guys the heard about... Yeah, about <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's uh, cruel, so we can't deal with him. Uh, have you guys... <laughs> it's not Ashraf. His name is Yiftah. <laughs> Have you guys heard about Yiftah al-Gil'adi from the Old Testament? So this is an example of someone who made a decision based on emotions solely, and emotions that are not even connected to God in any way, even though the promise he made was for God. So this guy went, like I will not go to the whole story and how he was an outcast, and then when they needed him, they brought him, and they said, please, please lead us to um, fight the Ammonites, and he went and fought and, and conquered, but before he did, he asked God, does anyone know what he said, or made a promise? Does anyone know what the promise was? No. Jo, لا, مش معقول, I'm relying on you. Yes. I think it was the promise that if he conquered there, yes. then he will sacrifice someone? Yes. The first person who will come to meet him, he will sacrifice yes. him. And then in the, thank you so much, uh, in, under the, the, the influence of emotion, patriotism, fighting, and, 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 and all these emotions, he said, I will sacrifice the first person who comes to meet me to God. And this was not a time when human sacrifices were acceptable or anything. So this is an emotion that led to a terrible decision because if a slave, one of his uh, servants came and met him and he killed him, it would have been a grave crime. But do you know who came to meet him first when he came home? It was his only daughter, yeah. So a very, very uh, sad situation. And I know that when we want to think about decisions in our life, no one will go to the extreme of like sacrificing someone, but emotions do me 100% uh, guide my decisions and so on. So I thought I will build it based on making decisions based on emotions is bad, bad, bad. And then I thought of someone who made an emotional decision and it was perfect to the extent that we talk about her all the time and we honor her. The woman who decided to break her life saving the perfume 
which was, as we know, something not like now, if I go to Shoppers Drug Mart or whatever and buy a bottle of perfume or to the Bay, even to make it more expensive and break it, this was her life savings. And based on her emotions of love, she decided to break it and um, offer it to Jesus as a sacrifice of love. Then I thought it must be good to base our decisions on emotions. So I was really torn. I thought of people who also made uh, decisions based on emotions. Samson saw someone he got infatuated with Delilah and forgot about his, like his parents pleaded to him, this is not someone you should be with and so on. He decided and he went ahead with his decision. David, relaxing, saw a beautiful woman, an urgent desire made him to decide a number of decisions that were all very bad. Same with uh, feelings of despair that made Sarah marry her husband to her maid and created many problems afterwards. So we can agree that decisions based on emotions are not good and are not bad and that we make some decisions that are based on emotions that are good and some that are bad. In one person, we see Moses who got so angry and anger is an emotion and decided to hit the rock without God telling him and he was banned from entering the promised land. And the same Moses, when he was banned, he should have had feelings and emotions of bitterness and anger and he could have decided to say, God, I have served you all this time and now you're doing this to me. He didn't. And when you read his last uh, address to his people, I, I honestly have tears when I read it because how can he have this, this love to the people who caused him to sin and to God? It's a decision and it's based on emotions and the emotions are good. So before I proceed, what is the difference in your opinion? What would make emotionally based decisions good or bad? Anyone? Yes. Maybe not, uh, not accompanying that emotion with thought or reason? Um, do you... Um, okay, if someone gave you a gift, he would be very happy to see using it, right? Yes. And God gave us the intellect and the thoughts, so I think he wants us to use it. So maybe I think what you are trying to say is probably the verse that says, do not rely on your understanding, but rely on God. Is this what you mean? Like that we don't... Um... I, I think... I think so. Okay. Because I agree with you. Uh, our our thinking. Well, even then, like like if we, if we are only relying on ourselves, our own thoughts, it's probably not what God is saying. Mm -hmm. so, of course. But if we take advice from God, what God's thoughts? Absolutely. Okay. Good. Yes. Yes, Sandra. Um, I think the time, I think having the emotion is within the norm because God has, is the one who has placed in us these emotions in general. Um, so I think the time that you've taken to process these emotions and the decision was it made at the peak, of the height of these emotions, or, or did you accept the emotion, process it, and then you're making the decision? 
Okay. So it, the, the, the time we, like, not jumping into decisions, but letting the process take its time to... Acknowledging how you're feeling, what is that emotion, but not making the decision while you're still in that phase, but rather after. Okay. Ilaria? So I don't know, maybe I have to word this, but the, I think the example, based on the examples you gave, the good was based on humbling oneself. It's a desire that's not an earthly desire versus the bad was an emotion based on an earthly desire. And it's not really humbling, it's satisfying oneself to do something. Okay. So Very based good. on the example, we sort of kind of... Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Anything else? Anyone else? I guess emotions have to be done with wisdom. Okay. And how do we get how do we get this combination? I, I guess like from a spiritual father or our friends from advice, uh, reading the Bible or reading a spiritual book. Okay. That, that's acquiring wisdom. Every time I see Joe coming to the room, I know that he will uh, finish my presentation before I start, but it's okay, I forgive you. Uh, Magd? Um, so like, I think that since we are full of emotions as, as a human being, so like, um, we, we, we try all the time just to go with emotions, especially in our like, um, future decisions, or let's say that, um, decisions that makes your life. Mm -hmm. um, so like a lot of people's like when you hear stories that they met their first woman with the first look, you know, the, mm -hmm. with the first look, and this is emotional based. Um, so I think that emotions is, is a tough thing to handle as a human being um, because like God has um, inserted these emotions into us. So it's hard for you to process that, but um, I think that you should pray before any simple decision that you take um, and you just try to process all of these decisions that you take so as you don't be full of um, decisions that you have to make for tomorrow. Like for example, um, just before you sleep, just decide what you're going to wear tomorrow. So mm. you don't waste time on what you're going to wear, um, you waste time on other things. So, because emotionally, when you try to choose, especially for women, like what color you're gonna wear in the in the uh, in the work for tomorrow, it's going to be a hard decision, which will disturb you today, maybe. So, I have to admit that this is a very new advice, seriously, yeah. and I really like it. I never thought about this before. I never thought that we have an accumulation of emotional decisions that we have to make, and it's better to organize them. That's a, that's an advice that I will uh, take to heart. Especially Saturday night when we're going to church the next day. So, <laughs> not that I care about dressing or anything, but uh, definitely all the things that we uh, discussed are are coming together um, to form uh, the pictures. So basically, to an answer uh, the question, is, is Tony here or not yet? Okay. Okay, Tony. Can I talk to you when we're done? <laughs> so to answer Tony's question, yes, the impact of emotions is uh, massive um, in, uh, in our uh, decision uh, making and they play a big um, role whether we want it or not. But when I started reading uh, to prepare uh, for the topic, I discovered something that again, I never thought of uh, before. I discovered from a psychological perspective, and I think also from a Christian perspective, and I agree with it, that we think that our 
life-changing decisions are what makes us and are the big part of our life. But apparently, they are not. We are an accumulation of, like they said, one research study said that the, we make at least 75 decisions a day, maybe even more, um, and that in addition to these, maybe 10 times a day we stop and think, shall I do this or this, work-related, family-related, children, friends, whatever, uh, food-related, but they say, they say that thousands of times a day we make decisions that we are not even aware with when we roll an eye, when we raise a brow, when we frown, when our body language say that we made a decision already and we are not even aware of them. And it says that this shifts our thinking from the idea that the important decisions of our life are what make us to the daily small things. It's a, a, a flow of things that make us and makes me and you and every um, one of us. And they say that it's uh, neurobiologically impossible to build memories or experiences or any uh, learning or decision-making without uh, emotions in our life. Um, so we are a spontaneous overflow of experiences and, uh, and, uh, and not the big decisions that we have to make, maybe uh, like major, major decisions that we have to make um, a couple of times in, um, in our life. So they say that we would better focus our attention on making a good kind of person who we are rather than making a list of criteria that we can use when we need to make big decisions, okay? These are not my words, I'm learning uh, with you. So where do all these things come from? The Bible tells us, keep your heart with all vigilance from, for, for it, from it flows all the uh, springs of life. Uh, so the heart is, uh, the, the, I don't know why when I was uh, preparing this, I thought the Bible in Arabic talks about uh, God is Fahis uh, al-Kula. It means that God like uh, examines our kidney, not the heart. Sometimes the Bible refers to the kidney as the heart. Um, but I think I discovered why because um, on Monday, uh, my uncle was having an, um, an unplanned open heart surgery um, and I was sitting at the, in the waiting room and then when the surgery was done and the surgeon came to tell us that thank God everything went well, he said that taking all the, everything into consideration, having a beating heart without the need for the machine to, to in, in, uh, push blood and the kidney to process it and so on was a miracle. And I thought that for the heart to work in situations like this, you need the kidney to process um, the blood. So what I was trying to say is that wherever these emotions reside, whether we call it the brain, but it's our emotions, whether we call it the heart, whether we call it the kidney, we know what we are talking about. We know uh, the emotions that uh, shape um, a lot of, um, of actions in our life. Um, so um, 
The, as I mentioned, uh, the big. Th this is um, not a Christian research. This is uh, two very famous uh, psychologists. Uh, they are from Israel. Uh, their name is Daniel Ka Kahneman and Amos. At Versky, I think, um, and they said that um, it's hard to know how people select a course in life. The big choices we make are particularly, are practically random. The small choices probably tell us more about who we are. And they are saying that um, a career choice may not be a choice that you made uh, based on like, like research and so on. It could be based on the teacher who taught you in high school and it changed the direction of your life. Even the person you end up with could be the group you are uh, surrounded with. And I thought this doesn't make sense because like big decisions are definitely things that we think about and decide like career choices and education. But do you guys remember, did I tell you about Mr. Ahmed, my English teacher before? Remember? Yeah, so because he believed in me in one month, he changed me from someone who hated the word English, like honestly would give me a nightmare, to someone who can read and write and speak English and love it actually. So it, it does have like the environment we are surrounded with have an impact on the big decisions that we make in our life. Uh, but, but the small things are the conscious decisions, like when I'm driving um, and I curse someone because he uh, like uh, overtook me on the road, or uh, when I get angry at the lady who serves me coffee at Tim Hortons because she didn't give me the coffee the way I wanted it, these are the small things that are actually the decisions who make who we are. Um, so the solution, when I asked what should we do about emotions, um, the, the, the beautiful and classic answer comes from uh, St. Paul when he says um, how, like, how to change, like, because definitely we saw that emotions are important. And someone like me, I cannot live without emotions. And emotions uh, have great impact on all the good decisions that I made in my life and bad decisions as well, but I cannot live without it. So obviously what we need to do is put these emotions into like the blood washing machine, like the kidney, to change them into something good. And St. Paul says here, um, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may uh, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Um, and I read that um, when it says here, renew your mind so that you can know the perfect will of God, that the Hebrew word actually means that you can approve. Like, Sample is telling us that when we renew our mind, we will start to approve the will of God. And I remember, but I don't know what it is in English, there is a prayer in Agbeya. Um, I think it's one of the, you know, uh, when you are uh, spiritually very, very um, uh, like 
your spirit is very full of light and you open the akbaya and you finish all the prayers and you go to the salawat mutanawaf akhir akbaya i remember this prayer but i don't know which one uh, where it says ask god like where we ask god to align my will with yours so that i want what you want do you know which one i'm talking about yes Yes, thank you. So I remembered this prayer because I love this part and I thought that this is what St. Paul is saying here. He's saying that when our mind is renewed, we will not need to struggle with our decisions because we will approve, like assess value and approve what God is suggesting for us. And in this way, our will will align with here, with him. And now when, when he is talking about the, the, the mind, we will say, but this is an intellectual process. We are talking about thought, not heart and emotion. But we find in another place in Ephesians, he says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And when we think of the spirit of your mind, it makes us feel that behind or beyond the mind, there is a spirit, there is a heart. There is more than just thinking. There is something that can bend the heart to be according to um, God's heart and mind and everything. So being renewed in the spirit is something that doesn't happen overnight. And I'm sure that each one of us today, when you think about your decisions, when you think about the amount of struggle against God uh, that you had to do when you needed to make a decision and the amount you do now, the curve should definitely be going down and, 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 and it's, it's continuing. We are all work in progress. Any questions or comment before we proceed? No? Okay. Um, so I wanted us to look at actual people who had to deal with different emotions that we may be dealing with. And I thought that this is, I love the Arabic song, Ayoha uh, al-Fakhari. Um, if you guys uh, know it, we used to sing it with Abuna Butrus in this very same room uh, years ago when we had our St. Anthony Bible study meeting here. Uh, and I love this song because it, every time I struggle with my failures, I think of this song. Do you know the song? It says, yeah. like, you are the... the, the hmm? Yeah, I'm like the clay in your hands. Shape me. And the shaping could hurt and so on. But at the end, my decisions will be perfect and my thoughts and everything. The song doesn't talk about decisions, but I'm saying that this is what happens. So I wanted us to look at someone who... The Bible explicitly told us that he um, suffered from, like um, Nehemiah. Um, if you remember, he was the cupbearer of the king, and he heard about the the, the terrible uh, state of Jerusalem and the broken walls, and the uh, and the town is in ruins, and his heart was sad. and And we know that he was an emotional person because the Bible told us that he wept. He felt terrified. The, even the king noticed that he 
he is not okay. And he started asking him, are you okay? What's wrong? And he felt bad that he that the king sensed his uh, how, how terrible um, he felt. And he started telling him. So he was emotional. But Nehemiah didn't deal with his emotions alone. The Bible tells us that he prayed. And when he prayed and prayed, God started to direct him to the good way to solve the situation that was causing the, the misery and the pain and everything. And sometimes when we uh, have feelings of sadness, uh, when we hear about a, a loss in our life, like for Nehemiah, this was a big loss. We can just like uh, like uh, stay in our uh, like cocoon and not want to do anything. But Nehemiah didn't do this because I think the word prayer for me is the overarching like condition for everything that we we need to think about when we think about uh, decisions. So Nehemiah found supernatural strengths because his emotions pushed him to pray, and then the decisions were made. He asked the king for, for um, uh, supplies. He asked the king to, to give him a letter to go and build. He made big decisions, life-changing not just for him, for everyone. And, 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 and Nehemiah became one of the reasons why there was a, a, a return and a revival um, for the people. And then we think about another <clears throat> emotion <clears throat> that sometimes uh, grip our hearts. And fear does not necessarily need to come from, like when I was young, a dark room would bring fear. But now the dark room is a combination of things, right? Many things that cause our hearts to fear and tremble. Um, and, uh, and, and, and this grip of fear really takes over and we become unable to make any decisions, not even to think about decisions. And we find someone like Gideon, who the Bible tells us very clearly that he was a very fearful person. But again, he found great emotional strengths because he was willing, someone here, I think Sandra said, we need to acknowledge our emotions and process them. And Gideon was very honest about it. He was very honest about the fact that he felt he was the least, he can do nothing. When the angel came to him, he was actually hiding um, uh, in a, like a well to threat the, the wheat so that the enemies will not uh, see him. He was a very fearful person, but he expressed to God his emotions. He said that, I'm so scared. I, I am a fearful person and so on, and listened to what God told him. And I think it's very important that we acknowledge our emotions and take them as raw as they are to God and say, I'm struggling with this. And no matter how I try, I cannot overcome uh, these um, feelings. And, uh, and, and we then learn through God to harness um, our fear. So his vulnerability and willingness to open his heart to God and, and, and like what I do, cry before God and say, this is my weakness and I can't get uh, rid of these emotions and, and so on. This is when God um, comes into the picture. Another thing, another emotion 
that sometimes uh, hinders our decision making is the inability to change. And I think that uh, the, the simplest example is uh, COVID three years ago um, and all the changes uh, that, uh, that happened. I might have told you when uh, my, my boss told me, Suzanne, you will need to work from home for two weeks. Uh, at that time, everyone thought it's going to be two weeks. I was crying the gardener all the way because I wanted to be at the hospital with my colleagues and am I now like a non-essential person, like staying at home and so on. But it proved to be the, one of the best things that happened. And my work is, is still going on, not affected or anything. But our inability to accept change sometimes can make us unable to make any decisions in our lives. And we stop where we are and we can't move forward because we say, I can't take this change. I remember even once, um, like a silly example, Ashraf and I went uh, like on a vacation uh, to a resort and we thought, or I thought that we, because I make the bookings that our uh, room will be in this uh, section and they said, sorry, your room is in the other place. And it took some time until Ashraf said, like we are losing the few precious days we are here because you are upset that the other place would have been better. And believe it or not, by the end, I wrote the room number because I said, if we come here, I want to be in this room. And the view, like watching the church with the bell, uh, bells ringing every uh, day, it became a beautiful memory. But sometimes our emotions, our inability to accept change, uh, new circumstances, new uh, job, new... Uh, life, like I'm sure um, someone like my friends Mariam and Magd must be going through this, coming to uh, Canada uh, from like, like new things, you probably have issues with accepting change at the beginning, it becomes hard. But if we get stuck, I mentioned them because I know that they are the opposite, they press forward like St. Paul says, and do not stop, thank God. Thank God. So um, this is another emotion that's paralyzing. Um, feelings of inadequacy when we have big hurdles. And sometimes our um, environment, our circumstances, um, our relationships can make uh, people criticize us a lot to the extent that we feel we are inadequate or our circumstances like this beautiful woman who not because of any fault, but because she was bleeding for 12 years, she was considered unclean. And she had all these hurdles, physical hurdles. She was weak, bleeding for 12 years. Bleeding for 12 weeks makes you very sick. Imagine 12 uh, years, um, spiritual hurdles. She couldn't approach like a prayer place or a temple because of her uh, bleeding, uh, social and emotional hurdles. She was considered unclean, stay away. Um, financial hurdles, St. Luke tells us that she spent all her money. So. Maybe you cannot make decisions when you feel you are in a tough situations like this and our decisions become crippled. But she made a decision, even though this decision led her to being openly questioned by Jesus in front of everyone and later on praised for her faith. But sometimes these hurdles can prevent us from making decisions that can help us. But when we remember who we are, 
um, years and years ago with a group that was here, uh, St. Anthony Bible Study Group. We went to um, Ottawa and uh, Montreal on a trip. Um, I don't know if Abuna Botros was with us, uh, but our friend uh, uh, Nancy, uh, there was like a, a conflict about opinions on the bus um, and uh, like about a spiritual topic or something. And one of the group members said to her, why do you like talk like this with authority? Like, because she was very right in her opinion. Who do you think you are? And she said, without a moment to think, I am the daughter of the king. I'm sure this woman had the faith that told her, despite every inadequacy I may physically have, I am the daughter of the king. And she approached, uh, made the decision to approach Jesus and have the life-changing uh, healing that happened to her. And many examples, um, uh, Joseph, uh, with everything that he went through, a lot of people who uh, face uh, trauma and have emotional consequences cannot make proper decisions uh, because of what they suffered from. But Joseph, I don't know how. I can't imagine how he had this healthy character that allowed him to press forward and move on to forgive his brothers and not only to forgive them, but to embrace them after everything that happened. And this is a decision, this is a, a, a multitude of decisions. But again, I'm not just giving examples that are out of our reach. I want us to look at how we can, um, uh, again, another example, um, uh, Anna, the mother of Samuel, who her heart was broken because she couldn't uh, have a child and her, um, other, the wife of her husband. Um, is there a word for uh, Dora in English? I don't know. Aaron. What? Aaron. No, like she, like the wife of her husband. What should, what would she be called in English? In Arabic, we have a word, Dora. Hmm? Her, 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 her. What? <laughs> yeah, because the husband was married to two women. At that time, it was sister-in-law, no, sister. Sister wife. sister wife, oh, really? OK, uh, the sister wife. But she made a decision again to take her broken heart, to take her grief, and go and talk to God. And this is when the life-changing experience happened when she met Ali, the priest, and he told her, you will become pregnant. But if she instead went and committed suicide, instead of going and crying in the, she left them, they were eating, her husband trying, tried to console her, she left them and went to, like, you know, they were in something like a retreat, like in Egypt, uh, people go to like St. George Monastery at certain times, there is a celebration or something, so they used to go every year. She left them and went and poured her heart before God, and the priest initially thought she was drunk, but when he started talking to her, he understood her, her agony, but it's a decision to not sit in the rut of grief and pain and go and do something. And what she did was going and talking to God. And this is the biggest thing that we can uh, do. So um, I wanted us to look, and definitely the, the uh, diagram that we will look at is not something I uh, created, uh, but it gives an idea about how to deal uh, with uh, decisions. Um, 
because there are uh, life decisions that are right or wrong, and then there are life decisions that are right or left. Not every decision is right or wrong, and moral or not uh, moral, but um, the diagram, the, the, this... Um, um, what does it look like? So uh, I will explain it, Joe. It starts with a box that asks you, are the decisions that you are trying to make moral or not moral? Non-moral, non I don't mean they are not moral. It means they, they are not against morals. They are like whether I should uh, wear my red shirt uh, tomorrow or, or, or wear something else, whether I sh we should eat uh, sushi on my birthday or go to Peter's on Eglinton, stuff like this that are not, uh, like if someone wants to invite me on my birthday, you know. <laughs> Sushi. Ashraf is Peters on Eglinton. <laughs> uh, so I made a decision to reveal this information to you so that you can use it uh, wisely when my birthday comes. So. <laughs> when is your birthday? Huh? When is your birthday? Uh, December 7th. Yeah. So because it's always fasting, we cannot go to Peters on Eglinton. It has to be sushi, yes. unfortunately. <laughs> GoFundMe is good, too, for sushi. <laughs> um, so, Joseph, it starts with, Joe, it starts with the question, are the, are the decisions we are struggling with moral or just general uh, decisions? If they are not, uh, if it's not about, uh, the one thing I disagree with is that it says here that if it's not about moral decisions and if it's not like if it doesn't have a major weight on your life then you can make the decision because i honestly think that small or big tiny or 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 major prayer is key in everything Everything, even the, the Bible tells us that in everything with prayer and thanksgiving. So this is the only part I disagree with. But it says that um, if they are uh, um, not non-moral decisions, then it's easier. And we need to understand and realize that God gave us like freedom to make choices uh, freely and without any feeling of guilt as long as the question is not moral and has nothing to do with my uh, relationship with God. The next thing to think about when we want to make uh, decisions is what is the weight of this decision on my life and my future? Like some decisions do not have like much weight, but some decisions like whether I should continue to live here in Canada or go back to live in Egypt or, or somewhere else, these are big decisions that need uh, thought. And they say that people who are hasty to make decisions uh, without thinking for, for any kind of decisions are advised to take time to think. And they say that people who take a long time deciding things that are not huge and have no big weight need to be more decisive because this is important for the big decisions um, in their life. And then the question is, if it's a moral decision, is it revealed by God or concealed? 
there are things that are known and answered and referring to the Bible gives us answer. We like, uh, should I be faithful to my spouse? Should I pay, uh, like give the church my tithes? Should I uh, be honest in my taxes? Uh, all these things, we know the answer and it's revealed by God. For these things, what we need is not to search for an answer to make a decision. What we need is to obey and, and pray for God to give me the humility to obey when I want something else other than what God has revealed to me. And I'm sure that we all face uh, choices and decisions in our life that are, are moral decisions and that the decision, the, the choice that I would like to make is not what uh, God revealed clearly to me. And this is when, instead of praying for an answer to the decision, I need to pray for a yielding of my heart to obey God's um, uh, revealed uh, word about the decision. And then prayer, which is a very important uh, thing when I'm struggling with a decision that has a big weight in my life and has moral consequences and I need guidance because it's not clear, because not everything is very clear. There are some uh, gray areas. And this is where, uh, Joe, there are three um, interrelated circles. They are prayer, godly counsel, and opportunity. And by prayer, we all know, like the, the Bible tells us, St. James tell, tells us very clearly, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. And um, it, the Bible tells us uh, that we need to pray um, uh, uh, unceasingly and that prayer is like, I think from every example we looked at, we, don't, we know, we know that we have a power that nothing in the whole, like this is not my um, talk preparation. This is my life. There isn't a single thing that prayer cannot deal with and solve. Solve it out, out externally or solve it internally. Um, so prayer is, uh, uh, of course, uh, known and then godly um, counsel. Um, and um, the Bible tells us about the son of King uh, Solomon, who, when his father died, wanted to rule the people uh, properly. So he asked the, the, the godly elders um, of, the, of the church, uh, not of the church, of the kingdom, uh, how he should uh, rule the people. And they said to him, your father was already hard and the people suffered under him. So you need to be more compassionate and more kind so that the people will come to you and follow you. What did he do after? This is someone who thought advice from godly people and it's obvious that it's a, a good advice. He went and asked his friends and the people who were like the young people and they said to him, no, 
People will, like you will become a mat and they will go over you. You don't do this. You tell them my father's, um, uh, like my, my, my finger is thicker than my father's wrist. And if he dealt with you like har harshly, I will be even more and more. And unfortunately, this led to the destruction of the kingdom and the, 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 the break of the, of the kingdom of Israel where he had only two tribes and the others uh, left him. So again, godly uh, counsel is very, very important. Which king was this? Uh, this is King Yorbaam. I think his name is Yorbaam, the son of Solomon. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the, the Bible tells us, a book of Proverbs says, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. It tells us also where there is no guidance, a people falls but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. And it also say, say the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to good teaching. Um, and sometimes we may even think that our um, decision is godly and is right, and we, we genuinely think it is. I remember very well there was a time when Ashraf and I were struggling with a major, major um, uh, circumstance and decision in our life. And we made a decision where we thought that we are taking it because we want to please God no matter what, even if our hearts break or whatever. But when we sought counsel, godly counsel, we discovered that what we were doing was so wrong and they redirected us completely. So when we pray and seek counsel, God starts to work in the third part, which is opportunity. Surprisingly, Amber Ufail was in our church uh, last week and he mentioned the same um, points, but he didn't talk about opportunity. He talks about thinking. And he said that we pray, we seek counsel, and we think because God wants us to think and to work our mind. And then he starts guiding us because we, we thought we used all these um, uh, steps in our decision making. But opportunities are when God opens a door clearly before us and he wants, he's telling us this is a good way and you feel peace in your heart uh, about it and you feel that God, this is a good opportunity uh, to take and you still like has, feel hesitant. When there is an opportunity, work with God to, uh, like God shows that the, 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 there is, like puts it in your heart, for example, that you want to marry. Don't then stay alone and not come to places where you will meet like godly people like you, where you can have a good environment and so on. So um, um, when God puts it in your heart to start missionary service, start learning a language, when God puts it in your heart to uh, change career, start looking for opportunities that open in your, in your way and so on. So open your heart to the opportunities that God puts um, in your way. Um, the last thing that I want to end with is that sometimes in our decisions, we need to wait on the Lord. Um, and the, the Psalm says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard me cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud 
and the mire, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn to praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. And I think that this is a good thing to think of when we are faced with big decisions um, and, uh, and, and, and needing God's help, understanding that the weight is part of the decision-making uh, process. Any comments or questions or anything? Uh, how do I uh, seek approval of, uh, of what God says again? What, what was so the, 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 like we can think of them as like the steps that when it's a, when it's a decision that uh, requires discernment, whether it's something that's against God or not, is to read the Bible. And um, the, even when, um, when Bishop Rufa'il was talking, the topic was different. It was uh, discerning the will of God. But he said that reading the Bible is not when I have a problem, I open it like a lottery ticket lo looking for something that fits my situation. It's actually devouring the Bible and having a personal relationship with it so that when there is a situation, I know by heart what God has. So the Bible, prayer, and seeking uh, counseling and godly advice from people who can have me, who uh, help me, who care about my well-being, and who have God in their hearts so that their advice will not be worldly, but, uh, but uh, a Christian advice. Okay, Thank you. Yes, Sandra. And so, so what happens when, for example, um, would work? Um, I know God is with me, whether in this job, whether in that job. Um, so whatever will pay the bill, allow for savings and some fun. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I tend to after like God will open up an opportunity, so I'll look at it. I'll be happy with it. I'll go with it, and I was happy already in one place. I'm going to another place, and then I start almost having like that buyer's remorse <laughs> of did I make the right decision? So taking the decision, it's not that it was made fast. The whole process was followed, but I still continue to have afterthoughts. Of, but it's too late already. I'm still okay where I'm at. How do I address that after effect? I think. I think uh, for me it's the, the, the analogy of the GPS, which I live with in my entire life. God knows my heart. And, and he knows my intentions. Um, and as you mentioned, there is no right or wrong. This is right or left. Where do I go? And there is not, nothing wrong with it. So God is a pantocrator. And even if I think that I made the wrong decision after the fact, there is no wrong, wrong decisions with God because it's recalculating and redirecting us in the right direction all the time. And this is where the GPS comes in my life. And we trust that there isn't any place or circumstance that we are put in that is a coincidence. There is a plan and purpose for everything. And it doesn't mean that God plans that I work at this place or this place or, or, or meet this person or this person or eat this food or this food. But it means that, not, that even random things are used for his glory as long as my heart is with him. So when you have this question, say the GPS is calculating, nothing is wrong, 
I may have taken a longer way to enjoy the, enjoy the scenic route. Do you know how many times we uh, made the wrong turns and ended up, one time we ended up driving inside a pipe in Italy, but it's one of the best memories. So nothing is a waste of time, nothing is, uh, I mean a drainage pipe, by the way. We literally drove, and, but, I'm talking about it now because it brings a smile. So uh, it's 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 uh, uh, it has nothing to do with Ashraf's driving skill. <laughs> uh, I mean that I really mean it. That nothing, as long God says, my my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways, and everything else is is just. Uh, any, anything is good, like, uh, like uh, I have not, I know this sounds crazy, Ashraf was reading or listening to some, something by Abuna Anthony Meseh called Whatever God, and I have not read the book and I have not listened, I don't even know if it was a book or uh, uh, an audio sermon, but I adapted the concept and I think I know it, and whenever I'm troubled, I say Whatever God, I know it's good, so don't worry. Does this answer the question? You're welcome. Yes. From my personal experience, I don't think it always has to be like, yeah, like you said, always a right or wrong decision. Uh, but I feel like God has a louder voice when it comes to a no as an answer, because it's for protection for something. But sometimes when we are in a crossroad in other decisions, um, that doesn't really have a right or wrong. Maybe one of them is better than the other. But God is not a fortune teller, that's not his job in our life. Otherwise, I could go to the stock market, buy this company or that company. That's not his job in our life. But the thing is, like, uh, whenever we choose something, we have a bigger scope looking at our life, that he's the leader. Even if one decision is better than the other, like, he can turn the worst or the, um, the second best option to the best one. But, like, if we look at Joseph, his brother's betrayal was that the, the, the road to be the real leader of Egypt. Absolutely. So it's not always about the right or wrong. But more important is to be honest with oneself. Like, hey, I'm thinking about making this decision, but I have a tendency to this option over the other. I have to know that about myself. Mm -hmm. so I'm honest when I'm taking the decision. And it's okay not to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. because sometimes I cannot afford it. Or it's too tough for me. I remember Al Pacino in one of the movies when he said, I've always known knew the, the right answer, the right decision, what, what it was, but I couldn't make it, I couldn't take it because it was too tough. So I can make a bad decision. I, I'm allowed to do that because this is what I want, but I have to be aware. The information, I believe, is more important than the decision itself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't really seek guidance. We just seek someone to tell us what we want or listen to tell us that, yeah, what you want is the right thing. Mm -hmm. We are misleading ourselves. And the process of building the, 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 the right decision or making the right decision, it needs proper surroundings. The relationship mm -hmm. with God, not on a spoken one prayer, that will lead to the right decision. Mm -hmm. But make it, it like, making it like um, a daily life with God, it prepares the heart. It, first of all, the inner peace, mm -hmm. which is very necessary for, to make the right decision and not to be easily shaped by whatever happens around you. That also helps make the right decision. So to live with God on a daily basis, that we give Him a priority in our life, that really helps us. Absolutely. Being able to make the right decision. And honesty with oneself, 
to get the message from God or from people that are around us and accept it and also have the strength to do the right decision. I, I thank you so much. This this really sums the whole thing, and especially uh, the peace, the inner peace that uh, that uh, that you feel, um, and the fact that uh, that that prayer is a journey, a, a, a partnership with God, that not uh, not something that we seek when we are facing troubles. But thank you so much. This is beautiful. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> I have a question for the group, <laughs> for us, uh, uh, and, and myself included, of course, in this, something, uh, uh, usually when we think about decisions, we usually think about self and how it's impacting me, how this decision is impacting me. But a lot of the decisions also that I make, that each one of us make, mm -hmm. does not only impact self, mm -hmm. but impacts others as well. So how do we consider this in the in the in the in the crucible of making 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 decisions? Like the example of Rehoboam, he's a king. He's going to be a king. And the mm -hmm. decision about the path does not impact him only. It impacts his strategy, but it also impacts others. Like like my decision is going to impact others as well. So how how do I become conscious of this? So, being being that my decision does not only impact myself, but it also impacts other people around me. So it's for all of us. Okay. Seems you brought a you brought a, an example of. Uh, no, I no no no. I uh, I was looking for something, but I uh, I have a question uh, an answer here. <laughs> very related to what you said, I think, is that, like, we should be aware of everything, and we should be aware of the people that we're influencing, but God knows all, so I think we should, like, pray to God, like, give us the wisdom to understand what to do, and that's the best for everybody, because God knows all, so we should trust Him and pray to Him, so, I think that when you when you like choose a decision or make a decision, um, it's a win-win situation. So you always try to see that when you make this decision, you will not harm the other person. So, for example, right now, when you um, go to 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 buy a phone, okay, you want a phone plan, for example, and the salesman will try to. Um, like bring you a plan that benefits you and at the same time doesn't uh, bring him a good bonus. Okay, so even though when you make a decision, it's simple as that. It's just like a win-win situation. Like you do not harm other people and you benefit yourself. Okay, so it's just like coming right now to the meeting. You're risking your time, but you benefit it and you're meeting people. Okay, so it's a win-win situation, but sometimes you gotta risk things. So that's what I think it is. It's actually a good question, actually, because sometimes I feel like uh, religious people, or they call it religious people, that they uh, look like connected to God. Um, they seem like they are overthinking situation, which is important to uh, feel for others and take care of 
your decision, which is great. And um, there's an important phrase you just mentioned, thankfully, that is a pen to the door, which is really um, pushing peace in our hearts and inner peace, actually. So whatever decision we do or take in our lives, it will be for, our, for his glory, first of all, and for our benefit. But there is a question, how would we avoid overthinking and at the same time take a decision in a proper time, not a rush and taking mm -hmm. a decision, and at the same time overthinking and taking much time and taking a decision for something like it's not even worth uh, all these time to uh, think of. So how will we balance out between overthinking and just taking a decision normally, regularly, every day? Maria? Um, I was just thinking about what you were saying, and I think that we have to understand that there's a balance in life, and that whatever decision we make will ultimately affect another person. Let's say, you know, me and another person are candidates for a job, and they go with the other person. And the other person's decision is that they choose that they're not going to take that job. So that's their decision. It's now impacting me, and it balances out. Even though they don't take that job, it's something that happens for me. But let's say they take that job. Then that balance is now back on me, where I don't get what I, I wanted. You know, So mm -hmm. their decision impacted me. So there's always like, <clears throat> a good and bad, like, for every decision that's being made. Um, even for, like, if someone is going into a program at school, you know, they have 10 slots, and someone decides not to go for that program, they've now given that slot to someone else who may not have had that opportunity if that other person decides not to take it. So it's all a balance. So our decisions are like impacting other people, whether we know it or not. Mm -hmm. um, but I think when it when we do know, um, like it's a close kind of decision, and you do know that it's impacting other people, the important thing is intent. What is your intent with your decision making? Mm -hmm. You know, do you know that it's going to hurt others, or? Are you just trying to do the right thing? Things like that. I think that we also have to consider intent. Maybe it comes to my mind an example of uh, kind of a, someone who made a decision that impacted himself and others, like from the Bible, is Jonah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If we think about the story of Jonah, like he was faced with probably maybe fear, maybe insecurity. Mm -hmm. So he decided to run away to protect himself. But while running away to protect himself, he is withholding salvation from multitudes of people. So this mm -hmm. is maybe an example mm -hmm. of a decision that, uh, and of course, probably this is coming from, there are some that pertains to us on a smaller scale, and there are some that pertains to us, depending on what is my role, or what is my position, or what is my God-given a position or role to do something, whether it's in a company, mm -hmm. whether it is in a ministry. Uh, uh, the, the example of, of, of uh, uh, witnessing, for example. So witnessing is a decision. Yeah. How do I witness? How do I choose to not necessarily 
uh, say you have to follow Jesus, but how do I follow Jesus as an example of witness that impacts others? How do I deal with uh, 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 such a situation that you mentioned when I was a candidate, it's not my decision, I applied, my decision is to apply for the position. I did not get it, this is not my decision, <laughs> but my decision is how to react. So there are emotions that come with this, which is maybe disappointment. So how do I react? Because my reaction is gonna show who I am as a person, as a character, and as a Christian to others. So it's impacting my peace, as mentioned, and it's, it, it, it also, in a way or another, is impacting how do I witness to Christ in my setting, in my in my surroundings. So, kind of something to think about, to consider. I mean, I mean, there is uh, sometimes there is no. Uh, you have to do. You have. You have to do this. If I was in Jonah's place, probably I would have done like Jonah. <laughs> it's easy to say if I was in Jonah's place. If I was Judas, I would not do this, but. Who knows? <laughs> I pray that I do not. I'm not put in a position of uh, Jonah or or, or or Judas or Peter. <laughs> it's funny when you mentioned like Jonah. Like even as he was trying to make the right decision, there were people around him who were saying like, "No, we want to keep you on the boat." Mm -hmm. And he was like, "No, throw me over." <laughs> yes. Yes. So what, 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 why why he was saying I'm making a decision? So get rid of me. Yeah. So he is insecure about himself, like, get rid of me, I'm not worth it, yeah. because I disobeyed God. Yeah. But God says, no, you are worth it, I still want you, and I want you to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think, Abuna, that the good thing is that when we look at someone like Jonah, when we look at someone like uh, Abraham, the father of faith, who twice lied about the identity of his wife to save himself. When we think about Peter who denied Jesus for fear for himself, we see them come again and shine in glory because this is the work of the renewal of the mind that, uh, that St. Paul was talking about, that there is not one person who makes bad decisions and one person who makes good decisions. There is one person who starts to connect with God and makes bad decisions and God leads away and brings, brings him back or make good and, and or let him learn from his mistake because this is also part of of God's role he's not like really like directing everything just for success but also to teach us lessons and then we change and uh, and and we start instead of thinking of myself I start of thinking of others and so on and I think to the question about uh, taking long time or 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 acting uh, quickly. Um, maybe these are more of uh, personal um, uh, traits that a person can work on and maybe ask questions to myself. Is it fear that is stopping me from taking the decision? Uh, are there reasons that I that would inc like study and research and so on? Uh, because I'm, I'm sure that God doesn't just want us to uh, wait like, um, it's not like a go-kart that the person behind you pumps you and you move. He wants us to drive and he wants us to take the, the, the wheel and go and explore as long as we want to go where he is. So there is nothing wrong, like there are many things that I work, like try to work on and, and acknowledge problems 
that need to be changed and so on. So I'm sure that we, we need to, to work on things like this as well. But thanks for the question. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Susie. Thank you. Do I leave this, Sam Hardy? <laughs> Thank you, Susie. Thank you. This was uh, very.